0: All in all, John chapter 9, for me, is a reminder that today as Jesus followers, we need to tell the Jesus story in better ways, especially better ways than this chapter does. Uh, As Jesus followers today, we should be about shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, uh, just home for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 461. Our title this week is John chapter 9, and our need to tell a better story. The lectionary reading this week is from the Gospel of John, and this is John chapter 9. It's 9, 1 through 41. This is 41, 42 verses. So uh, bear with me as we, we work through this. It, it is a lot Thank <laughs> you to include in in uh, in our podcast this week. But it begins, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be, made, might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. "'Night is coming when no one can work. "'While I am in the world, I am the light of the world.' "'After saying this, he spit on the ground, "'made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. "'Go,' he told him, "'wash in the pool of Siloam.' "'This word meant sent. "'So the man went and washed and came home seeing.' His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him began asking, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? They asked. He replied, The man they call Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to to the blind man, What have you to say about him? "'It was your eyes,' he opened. "'The man replied, "'He's a prophet.' "'They still did not believe that he had been blind "'and had received his sight "'until they sent for the man's parents. "'Is this your son?' they asked. "'Is this the one you say was born blind? "'How is it now that he can see?' We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can now see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged acknowledged that Jesus was the Sabbath would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner, he replied, whether he is A sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Oh sorry when he found him he said do you believe in the son of man who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You now see him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who will be and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What are we blind to? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, you're guilty remains. So, before we begin, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh, this is Friday, uh, March 17th, and and our reading this week is, is interesting. There's a lot here to cover in this story, and we're not going to get to it all, but we'll, we'll cover what we can. Remember, most academic scholars agree today that Gnosticism has both Jewish and Christian starting points. It, it evolved in the late 1st century CE out of non-rabbinical Jewish sects and and early Christian sects during the the same time that the Gospel of John was being written in the Johannine community. And I believe that the author or authors of of John's Gospel looked at the world similarly to the community that would later become known as Christian Gnosticism. And and some things in John are different than later Gnosticism, that's for sure. But, But they have many things in common as well. A couple weeks ago, I shared from the works of Irenaeus how later Gnostics, they only valued the Gospel of John out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the Pharisees and the proto-Christian Gnostics, they would have deeply disagreed about how to look at the world. And we bump into that division in our story this week. Remember, this is the, the the proto-Gnostic Johannine community and their assessment of the Pharisees. And, and these worldviews, uh, th- th- these disagreements, they were very similar to those that later rabbinical Judaism, which grew out of pharisaical, pharisaical Judaism, they had with Gnostic Judaism. So again, these were not, and I want to be so careful here. These were not primarily, this we're not reading a struggle here between Christianity. And Judaism. Only insofar as Christianity or Judaism took Gnostic forms would it have conflicted with rabbinical Judaism. And anti-Judaism was already present uh, by the time that the, the, the among the Gentile Christians, by the time that this story and stories like this in the Gospel of John were written. And, and, and again, the Gospel of John has a long history of inspiring Christians to see. All of Judaism as negative through negative stereotyping and 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 the label Pharisees and the schools of the Pharisees, especially the ones that followed the the, the uh, Hillel, they had much in common with with early Christian communities that 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 especially the communities that looked more like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But but this is important because. The atrocities that Christians have been responsible for against the Jewish community that can be traced back to interpretations of the stories like this this week's, we need to be honest with. With stories like this, Christians have characterized the struggle... Between Christians versus Jews, rather than what we're seeing in this passage, it's a struggle between the Pharisees of that time and all forms of Gnosticism, whether it's Christian or Jewish. Again, um, Jewish R- R- rabbinical Judaism would have had the same conflict with with uh, Gnostic Judaism. Uh, Jewish Gnosticism, and so so again, this is not a story between Christians versus Jews. This is a story about uh, proto-Gnostic Christians, not proto-Gnostic within the Gnostic community, and they're bumping up against pharisaical uh, Judaism, which would later evolve into rabbinical Judaism. So again, the very first thing that we bump into in this story is is how the Gnostics explained so much uh, concrete suffering in our world. The question, who sinned? It betrays a worldview that assumes that all misfortune is somehow deserved. And many forms of early Jewish and Christian Gnosticism, they were not purely monotheistic. Remember, they were dualistic. They believed that the material world was made by one God who had done the best they could, but still created a world that involved suffering and pain. And Christian Gnostic sects, they they framed Jesus as a Gnostic Savior who came from a second divine entity and saved the world through gnosis or through knowledge, as we read in John 17, 3. If John's gospel, again, was not written by those who themselves were proto-Gnostics, Um, And I understand that argument. They definitely still wrote a gospel that was especially vulnerable to being valued and interpreted by Christian Gnostics later. And our story this week, it includes other binaries, such as the night and the day, which we've spoken about over the last two weeks. Um, we even have the debate the debate there between the Pharisees and the Gnostics over the Sabbath. Um, remember, the Gnostics were all about liberating our good souls or our spirits from uh, our material world of pain and suffering. Uh, the, the Sabbath was about a physical, enfleshed uh, material, material resting of of bodies from physical labor each seventh day and therefore that would have fallen under the category of, of of the material or the physical, which Gnostics didn't particularly value or prioritize. So, so something we should mention too here is the implication in the story that, that miracles are the sign of whether someone's teachings are true. Our sacred texts aren't monolithic on this topic. They include multiple warnings that even if miracles are performed, we shouldn't trust that alone. At the end of the day, we have to look at w- whether a certain teaching is life-giving or not life-giving. Um that that that's the litmus test. And in the end, though, the Johanan community here uh, passes judgment, declares that the school of the Pharisees should should be rejected uh, because their spiritual understanding is blinkered. And, and I couldn't disagree with this more. There is a lot of Jewish wisdom that we as Christians would do well to listen to. And lastly, um, the narrative uses blindness as a metaphor and the way to describe the Pharisees as worthy of rejection by seeking, those that were seeking gnosis or seeking this knowledge. And and I've said this repeatedly, using blindness to negatively characterize an opponent or an adversary or a story nemesis is very ableist. It's also harmful to those who actually live with physical blindness. We don't need to assign moral value to the ways that we each encounter our world, and to to take blindness itself and make that um, morally evil, that that is harmful to those who, non-metaphorically, but in a very real way and in a concrete way, um, um, live with blindness each day. Um, It's harmful to that community. All in all, John chapter 9, for me, is a reminder that today as Jesus followers... We need to tell the Jesus story in better ways, especially better ways than this chapter does. As Jesus followers today, we should be about shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, uh, just home for everyone. And remember, that world should be big enough for all of our differences, where each person can, as Micah 4.4 4 says, sit under their own fig tree and no one no one, especially those mentioned in this week's story, have to be uh, afraid. Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how would you answer the disciples' first question in our story this week of who sent this man or his parents? Share that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world? into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever podcast platform you're using and consider taking some time there if it's an option to give us a positive review. This helps others find our podcast as well. Also, I want to share that we're partnering in a new weekly YouTube. Show called Just Talking. Each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking as injustice, but that during our brief conversations each week, you'll be inspired also to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice. Uh, check it out. You might like it. You can find uh, Just Talking each week on you, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, and hit the notification button there. Leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach us at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. My new book, once again, Finding Jesus, a Story of a Fundamentalist Preacher Who Unexpectedly Discovered the Social, Political, and Economic Teachings of the Gospels is now also Available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.